Hi, hello, and welcome back to a new episode of Two Teaspoons of Positivity. The date is the 9th of June, and the time is 8.20 a.m. EST. It's a, it's a nice little Wednesday morning here. I should have recorded this <laughs> on Sunday, but never mind. We have uh, quite a few baby stories today. Oh, and we have a big baby story as well. Okay, so without further ado, let's start with the baby stories. That sounds good. The first baby story is from the UK, where national parks have embraced citizen science. So apparently, amateur ecologists were invited to embrace their inner Chris Packham. I have no clue what Chris Packham is. So there was a citizen science workshop that to help boost biodiversity in UK's national parks. So what happened here was that a lot of people, since they were stuck in stuck in their homes, they developed this um, need to connect with nature. And since uh, lockdown restrictions are lifting as slowly as possible, a lot of people are um, either planning or implementing their plans of traveling to national parks or similar places. So this organization, no, not this organization. So the people managing the national parks, they are asking people to, whoever is planning a trip, they are being asked to map and record the species that they spot through this app called the Look Wild app. And then this data will be used to enhance landscapes. I have no clue what that means. But this is a very nice idea. It's like Pokemon Go, <laughs> but a little, um, a lot more reliable because you can, it's not um, augmented reality. Second one was, oh right, a woman's eyesight was saved by a robot. So a woman who faced the prospect of losing her eye to cancer has kept her vision thanks to innovative robotic surgery. The lady in question is Irene Milton, an 85-year-old, who had a recurring basal cell carcinoma in her right eye. She was previously told that she would have to, she would, th that the eye would be removed, but however, in a world's first surgeon at Mosfield Eye Hospital, um, this is this is again happening in the UK, I think, because the NHS Foundation is involved. So yeah, the they removed the tumor using a robot and saved her eye. The robot was guided by surgeons and and equipped with tiny tools to perform the procedure in a minimally invasive way. That's that's really interesting. I think it's they must have used something similar to um, the Da Vinci robot, the one that did the surgery on the grape. <laughs> but yeah, this is, um, I think, this is really good news. I, I hope that we get to see this technology applied in other situations as well. You could save a lot of lives with this. The last baby story for today is that a cancer charity launched a self-checkout toolkit. So, Everyone knows that catching cancer early is 
very important to improving the outcome of the patient. So, copper feel. <laughs> uh, I I apologize for the double entendre there. Anyway, uh, so this UK breast cancer awareness charity uh, launched a toolkit to help people get to know uh, whether they whether they have um, cancer or not. So breast cancer accounts for 44% of cancer diagnosis among women in the UK. Men can also get the disease. That's common knowledge, I hope. But yeah, uh, it's a free toolkit. It's an online checkout service uh, that guides people through the practices that can help them identify changes in their body. Oh yeah, th there are YouTube videos for this too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is this is really good. I think a lot of people who get or who are diagnosed or who know or who want to find out whether they have something or not, they or I don't know if they have um, access. I I don't think they have the knowledge. Like when you when you when you, when the fear of uh, when the fear sets in, YouTube isn't what comes to mind uh, in terms of a probable solution so yeah this is this is good news I think uh, a lot of people can benefit from this people who don't uh, think about it. anyway let's move on to uh, major stories for the day so Emissions in the EU have showed signs of shrinking. There were signs this week that, that the EU's carbon footprint may have started to shrink. Data from the European Environment Agency has revealed that the bloc's greenhouse gas emissions fell by nearly 4% in 2019 and about 80% of the reduction was from heat and power sector because they made a lot of, um, they made a lot of progress in renewable energy. 80% is huge. I am very impressed. <laughs> Since uh, 2019, the block has gone on to break renewable energy records, offering hope that the fall could be the start of a trend. And I am so confident that it most definitely will be. Because, like, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> it's, it's way easier to just... Never mind. So... The overall reduction uh, does um, doesn't exactly take into account the emissions that are rising from transport, but that's okay. They've perf they have perfected one aspect, and now they can like hyper focus on transportation. So Greenpeace has called on the EU to phase out combustion engines, short haul flights, and aviation subsidies to help the bloc meet its climate targets. And I think we've covered uh, new stories about uh, replacing about um, combustion engines short haul flights being replaced or upgraded within the eu and maybe the us as well so news of the news of the eu's emissions fall came as nations began three weeks of online un climate negotiations ahead of the cop 26 climate talks later this year it is uh, interesting how the conversation around climate change has evolved 
because i remember a time when the only people who talked about saving the environment were people who started their day by reading newspapers and ended it by writing in their journals like i don't get me wrong just i'm just happy that everyone is a lot more conscious about climate change that's it's nice to um it's it's nice to hear young people talk about it <laughs> it's also old <laughs> anyway uh, the second big story is that uh, the current president president the current us president president biden he announced the suspension so the suspension of arctic oil drilling and <laughs> i was very worried about this so the biden administration announced on tuesday that it will suspend all oil drilling leases in the arctic national wildlife refuge in refuge in alaska and it has also blocked the previous government's attempts to exploit this 19 million acre wilderness this is a huge relief anyway uh in the dying days of his presidency the former president president 45 he opened the bidding for oil explora- exploration leases in the wildlife refuge the auction didn't really generate as much money it just all they got was 14.4 million because they were expecting 1.8 to 2 billion dollars hmm so um this week's um this announcement was welcomed by climate campaigners and activists alike who were highly critical of the president's recent decision to support a separate oil project in alaska and for not closing the controversial dakota access pipeline and <laughs> well lads we won the battle but and we will soon win the war is what i wrote here <laughs> i don't know why i wrote that okay uh the last big story for today is it's it's very interesting that i i'm so lucky i some i found it's so um glasgow has unveiled plans for an urban forest an urban forest will be created in glasgow over the no- over the next decade and that sounds amazing uh okay so for those of you who haven't um for those of you who i don't know who's listening to this one so i don't know if you guys are familiar with the last of us 2 it's a video game and there was this scene um there was this area in which the main character ellie she uh, she encountered a cult or members of a cult the cult was called them they called themselves seraphites and they communicated by whistling and the area the forest area in which she was it was surrounded by um, high rises i think it's it was either high rises or some commercial building i don't remember but yeah that's i i can i think uh, glasgow's urban forest will look a lot like that just minus the whistling cultists hmm. so councils in the city have agreed to plant 18 million saplings that is the equivalent of 10 trees per resident and not only is okay that's that's good news number 1 good news number 2 is that those behind the clyde climate forest uh, what is this clyde climate forest okay it's in, it's the initiative that's helping this Uh, so they said that the project will boost the tree cover in glasgow from 17% to 20% now this is where the good news comes in so a country an entire country 
needs at least 33% of forest cover to ensure that the food chain and air quality are like livable and they're planning on getting 20% for one city like can you imagine what that could do for scotland oh my god like dude i want to move to scotland <laughs> ah it's been so long since i've had fresh air anyway uh, a fifth of the city's outlying rural landscape will also be forested as part of the initiative and i am really excited to see this in action once this succeeds we can just copy and implement this plan in other cities with like a little bit of tweaking and completely change um the way we talk about climate change okay so we have a statement here as well from susan edkin the leader of the glasgow city council she said that the pandemic has brought into focus like never before the value of local spaces as places to exercise de-stress and engage with nature and this project can help deliver the green recovery that is true truer words have probably been spoken but i was is not paying attention <laughs> okay uh right we have a big baby story so this is again in scotland let me just look it up okay so a plan was um created to unlock scotland's solar potential and lock is spelled l o c h so that's that's funny i like that so for those of you who don't know the sun does not exist <laughs> i shouldn't say that that's a joke please uh, just disclaimer i'm joking that the sun does not exist in scotland what i mean to say is that it's, it's difficult for scotland it has been difficult for scotland to utilize solar solar power as well as a country that's near the equator or yeah <laughs> any country that's near the equator so uh, the article says that the idea of scottish solar power might seem like an oxymoron the country has a hard on reputation for grey skies however researchers at glasgow caledonian university believe that the country has huge potential for solar has huge solar potential and to prove this they unveiled they unveiled a plan to capture it by floating solar panels on locks that is an interesting idea why did why did i not think of that <laughs> i mean it's not like it hasn't been implemented it has been implemented elsewhere i can't remember where yeah uh, it's in kelseyville uh, california it's 252 kilowatts of solar panels so there there are solar panels uh, floating on i think a man made oh god why is this not working Anyway, in uh, in Kensington County, California, USA, there is a solar panel that is floating on a man-made uh, lake, and the largest one is in China. This floating solar array, the solar array, the largest in the world, produces enough electricity to power fifteen thousand homes in China. There are one hundred and sixty-six thousand panels included on the structure. The second largest is in I think the US. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's it's possible. Okay, so the university uh, let's come back to the story. Uh 
the university is conducting a study to identify sites where solar floating installations could have the greatest potential while minimizing visual impact. So that's that's another thing that I was worried about, whether it will affect uh, tourism or just recreational activities of the citizens. Uh, Scotland's rugged terrain poses challenges for conventional land-based solar farms. Of course, it <laughs> any yeah. And that's the other thing. Um, the bi the biggest problem that solar panels are facing is land use. A lot of people are saying that we need the land to either grow crops or build malls or stuff other anything other than solar panels. So installing solar panels is a waste of time. But it's not, and this is like a good compromise. And we also have a statement here from Dr. George Lumakis, who is leading the study. I apologize for butchering that name. Uh, he says the same thing that I said. <laughs> he said, by using water bodies such as locks, we can gain precious space and help Scotland reach its renewable energy targets. That is amazing. I think the stories this week are a lot, a lot more positive. I think it's because of the fact that it's like actual stuff being done. It's not like ideas being discussed or some new discovery. It's like it's things that will help us like in the present. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that brings us to the end of our segment. Two teaspoons of positivity. I would like to thank the one person listening to it. And I really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now I am going to tune out. Bye-bye.